Well, it is a joy and an honor to be here with you today, and uh, we love Pastor Mitch and his wonderful family, and we love this family of God. This is an awesome, amazing church. I appreciate all the people who are serving so faithfully, so diligently, and helps ministry here, and I love the praise and worship team. I think we ought to give a little love to them, just let them know how much we appreciate them today. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. And uh if you'd like to know more about our work in Northeast India and, and, and Asia, you can go to our website. I'll give you that URL. It is sophie.life. That stands for Spirit of Faith International, S-O-F-I dot life. We've lived there for 24 years. My wife, of course, has lived there for a number of years, and uh, she's from there. And, uh, and, and you can find out. You can even download some of our messages for free if that interests you. It's all there. Praise the Lord. And today I have the awesome privilege of sharing the Word of God with you here in Raleigh. And so I'm going to invite you to open your Bible with me to the book of Philippians chapter 2. And I'm going to read verses 9 to 11. I have a message that's on my heart, and that's the direction I feel the Lord wants me to go. Philippians chapter 2, beginning at verse 9. And while you're turning, I'm going to pray for you. Father God, I pray today that you will open up the hearts of the people the way you opened the heart of Lydia to receive and to respond to the things spoken by Paul. I believe that every ear is listening, every mind is undistracted. Make my tongue as the pen of a ready writer. Inscribe these words on the tablets of men's hearts. More than information, give us today transformation and revelation. Thank you, Father, for working out your will and your plan for this church and for our lives individually. And we will be faithful to give you all the praise and all the honor in Jesus' name. Someone shout amen. Philippians chapter 2, I'm going to begin reading in verse 9. It says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven, on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want to talk to you this morning about the name of Jesus. The Greek word which translates the two words highly exalted is uperhusao, something like that, and it means to elevate above all others to raise to the highest position. Basically, this passage of Scripture tells us that God the Father has made Jesus Christ, His Son, Lord of all. The Greek word Lord, kurios, means master, supreme in authority. He's more than just healer. He's more than just problem fixer. He's more than just uh, restorer. He is Lord of all, and he's Lord of our lives. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. So in this passage of Scripture, Paul tells us that God the Father did two things. Number one, he exalted the person, the Lord Jesus Christ. And number two, he has exalted his name. 
In the Greek language, it says he has freely bestowed on him this name as a title. You know, today, among Europe's royalty, a person's title identifies his position, establishes his rank among his peers. I mean, a, 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 a prince is greater than an earl, uh, an archduke is greater than a countess. And the only way, for example, in England to obtain a royal title is through birth or to have it bestowed on you by the queen. For example, uh, Meghan Markle, when she married Prince Harry, just a simple girl from L.A., she received the title Duchess of Sussex. See? Then again, the queen gives lesser titles to others, celebrities, philanthropists. I think uh, Bono has some kind of title, Sir Bono. I don't know what he's called. Uh, um, uh, Bill Gates has, has, was given a title by the queen. Uh, David Beckham, football player, he received a title. Then for the rest of us, I have good news. There is a small island off the coast of Great Britain which calls itself the sovereign country of Sealand. And according to their website, you can pay a small fee and they'll give you a title. I think for $75, you can become a baron. And if you're willing to pay close to $300, you can even become a king. However, when Christ ascended on high, having paid the price for the sins of this world, having defeated the devil, God had him sit down at his right hand, the very highest position of authority and dominion in the universe, and then gave him a name, not just any name, gave him the name that is above every name. And that's why when Jesus was raised from the dead, he said in Matthew chapter 28, he said, all authority, come on, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Ooh, glory to God. Hallelujah. And notice Paul says, so that at the name of Jesus, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. They don't just bow before the person. They bow before the name. In other words, what he's saying is angels, men, and demons must submit to his authority. Are you listening to me, church? Hallelujah. Amen. So the name has the same power as the person. The name represents the man. Whatever Jesus, the man, the person can do, that's what his name can do. Oh, come on, church. Are you listening to me today? Is anybody out there today? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I want to talk about the name of Jesus because most Christians little recognize the authority, the immense value of that name. What's in a name? For most of us today, our names are just 
uh, something that sounds nice. Uh, we, you know, your mother looked at a list of names and said, well, that doesn't sound good with our last name or something like that. You know, some people, I think, they just pray in tongues when the baby's born. Shundai Bundai. Uh, that's the name, baby. Name him Shundai. You know, and, uh, but, 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 but uh, in ancient times, a name had more meaning. It represented the person's character and his authority. It told us who he is. As a person, what's the value of a name? In the 1950s, uh, the Spanish surrealist artist Salvador Dali could walk into the most expensive clothing stores in New York City, pick out $1,000 suits, and that's 1950s. I mean, that'd be like 10000 today. Anything he wanted, you know, shoes, shirts, ties, belts, whatever he wants. And when it came time to pay for it, he would simply ask the clerk, give me a piece of paper. Just tear off a corner from a sheet. And he would sign his name. Because his paintings were being sold for millions of dollars. And his signature on a little chit of paper, his signature was worth more than the entire store. So my question for you today is, if the name of a reprobate artist who's gone on to his eternal reward, if his name could buy some suits, what can the name of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, what, what can the name of Jesus do for you? I said, what can the name of Jesus do for you? Hallelujah. Are you out there today? Glory to God. Amen. Again, I feel that many of us barely understand the value of his name. We sing about it. We stick it in our prayers. But it's just a moniker, just, just something he's called by. We, once in a while, some of us have almost accidentally bumped into the reality of his name. I remember several years ago, I heard the testimony of a man, an Indian man, his name is Ravi Maharaj. And his father was a renowned Hindu guru or, or holy man. And, and he wanted to be like his father. He studied, he prepared, that type of thing. And he said that uh, one day he was uh, uh, underneath a tree outside meditating on the Hindu books and writings and he was in the lotus position, chanting mantras and all this type of stuff. And when he opened his eyes, he saw a cobra, the snake, a cobra poised right in front of his face and ready to strike. I mean, I live in India, and uh, one time we caught a cobra in our front yard, and it's not a pleasant experience. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't make a good house pet. And uh, so he, he, he realized, you know, this is a, a terrible situation, and in an instant, you know, God is so merciful. In an instant, he remembered something his grandmother once told him. She said years before, she said, Ravi, if you're ever in trouble and you don't know what to do, there is another name. There is another name that you can call on, and that name is Jesus. And, and without thinking, he shouted out, Jesus! And he said, that snake bowed down to the ground and then went back and went away. 
And he wasn't even a Christian. He was a Hindu. But that caused him to think. That opened his eyes. And today he's a Christian evangelist preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, there's power in the name of Jesus. There's no question that the name of Jesus has authority. The question is, do you and I have the authority to use that name? That's the question. But the scriptures answer it for us. Notice with me, John chapter 16. I'm preaching from the Bible this morning. John chapter 16, verse 23 and 24. Let me read this to you. Jesus said, in that day, he's talking about the day that we live in right now. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. You'll ask me nothing. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Next verse. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask. And you will receive that your joy may be full. So Jesus not only gave us permission to use his name in prayer. He also said this is the only way you can pray. In fact, in the same chapter in verse 26, verse 26, he said this. Listen, in that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. See, sometimes we hear people say things like this. Well, isn't it comforting to know that up in heaven, Jesus is praying for you right now? But he's not. He just got through saying, I do not say that I will pray to the Father on your behalf. He said, no, you you are going to address the Father in my name. You are going to pray in my name. And not only that, he said, and whatever you ask in my name, he'll give it to you. Woo! Well, thank you for your enthusiasm. Please sit down. Please sit down. Don't run around the building while I'm preaching. No, no, no. I, I can tell from that muted response what you're thinking. I know. You're thinking the same thing I'm thinking. Well, I asked for a lot of things in his name, and um, I'm still waiting on those things. <laughs> right? Come on, don't look at me like in that sanctimonious tone of voice. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I, I know people, you know people, we've prayed many things in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, and, you know, a lot of times we didn't get it. So that means either this verse is a lie he, he misrepresented the truth. Or we don't fully comprehend what he's talking about. The problem is the latter. You see, the key to understanding this verse is those three words. In my name. In my name. See, he didn't say whatever you ask with my name. He said, in my name. See, you see, we think, uh, I think most Christians think that, that it's just like a, a, a magic phrase, abracadabra, alakazam. So when you get through praying, just stick that little phrase in there and boom, that's it. See, 
But that's not what it means. For example, we can go through the Gospels and read how Jesus used that expression to get a better idea what he's talking about. For example, in John chapter 5 and verse 34, Jesus said, John 5, 34, he said, I have come in my Father's name. I have come in my Father's name. What does that mean? Does that mean that everywhere Jesus went, he said, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Father? No. It means I am here because the Father sent me. And I'm acting on his behalf. I'm speaking the words he gave me to say. I'm not doing this on my own initiative. I am officially representing him. See? In fact, Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father do. That's why he's called the word. Then Jesus said, again, concerning the Holy Spirit. This is John 14, 26. He said, concerning the Holy Spirit, the Father will send him whom the Father will send in my name. The Father will send him in my name. What does that mean? That means the Holy Spirit is here to represent Jesus, to do and continue the ministry of of Jesus. And again in John chapter 16, Jesus said, he will, own, he will not speak of his own, but whatever he hears, that's what he will speak. Praying in the name of Jesus means that you are officially representing Jesus to do his will and his work in the earth. And that's why our prayers haven't been answered because we're not doing that. Are you out there today? Well, well, do we have the right to use the name of Jesus? After he was raised from the dead, in John 20, 21, Jesus said to his disciples and to us, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. So that means we are to be to Jesus what Jesus was to the Father. Just as he was sent by the Father, we are sent by him. Just as he represented the Father, he, he said, I came from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That should be our voice. We are here not to do our own thing. We are here to do the will of Christ. Can I, can I get a little love? I'm not feeling the love right now. Anybody out there? Hallelujah. Amen. So that means when we pray in his name, it's because we are representing him as his ambassadors. I'll give you, I'll give you another scripture. I'll prove it to you. Colossians 3.17. Listen to this. Colossians 3.17. It says, what, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, by the way, if you practice that verse, you'll stay out of trouble. If you practice that verse, life will be really different for you. But what does it mean? It doesn't mean that tomorrow morning when you wake up, you say, I'm brushing my teeth in the name of Jesus. Now I'm combing my hair in the name of Jesus. 
I'm walking across the parking lot in the name of Jesus. Well, I mean, you, I don't think physically you can even do that. And I don't know anybody that's ever done that. That's not what it means. It means wherever you go, whatever you do, you represent him. You are his official representative in the earth. You are an ambassador for Christ. That's what it means. Are listening to me? Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Mm. So many times we think we're praying in the name of Jesus. And to be honest, we're not. We're not representing him. We're not carrying out his instructions. We're not following his will or his plan. I mean, we get, we get aggravated and say, Lord, send my mother-in-law to the moon in Jesus' name. <laughs> Uh, or you get irritated with somebody and say, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And she says, I bind you in the name of Jesus. We're binding each other. See, that, 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 that's, that's actually not you representing Christ. That's not you praying in the name of Jesus. That's you praying in your own name. And notice that prayer didn't get answered. Are you listening to me? Hallelujah. So it means that we represent him to do his bidding to carry out his instructions. Again, Jesus said, I only say what my father says. I only do what I see my father doing. So in Jesus's earthly ministry, he operated on two levels, if you will. Number one, he lived by the general revelation of the word of God. He did what the scripture said to do. He followed the Bible. Isn't that amazing? He's the son of God, yet he still followed the Bible. When he was tempted by the devil, he didn't tell the devil what he felt or what he thought. He quoted the word of God. Number two, he operated by special revelation, that which was spoken to him by the spirit at that particular moment, at that particular time. And see, the word and the spirit agree. And the Holy Spirit will never tell you something that contradicts the word. Or listening to me, judge any revelation you have by the word. Amen. So living by faith and being led by the spirit are two sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the other. So if we're going to pray in the name of Jesus, it means more than just sending up a request to heaven and then add this magic phrase on the end and hope it works out. It means we're we're acting in accordance with his will, his instructions to carry out his ministry as his representative. So um, several years ago, my mother's sister, my aunt, came for a visit to my mom's house. And as she was leaving that day, she tripped on the steps of the porch and she broke her ankle. She didn't just fracture her ankle her foot became totally dislocated from the rest of her leg. I mean, it's just flopping around like a rag. That's not even, it's just connected by skin, I guess. I don't know. And of course, you know, it looked terrible, you know. And we're all like, and so she's moaning and groaning. Who wouldn't be? And my sister is just like paralyzed. What do I do? And my mother's panicking. Lord Jesus, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. You know, she's just going wild, you know. And, and, and here I am, the man in the middle. I'm just standing there, you know. And I'm thinking, what do I do? What do I do? Well, you know, uh, 
thoughts came through my mind. You know, you, you don't prepare for these things. They just, life just happens, you know. And, uh, and so thoughts came to my mind. Well, you know, you're the faith man and all that. You're the, you're, the, you're the preacher. So you should just say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Hallelujah. Or something. I mean, you should just do something, you know. You know, or maybe like Peter, you should just lift her by the arm and pull her up and her feet and ankle bones receive strength. And if it doesn't work, just jump in the car and go home as fast as you can. Just, you know, all these thoughts are running through my mind. What do I do? What do I do, you know? And uh, instead, in my heart, I mean, she's there moaning and groaning. I said to the Lord, what should I do? By the way, that's a good idea. What should I do now? I mean, I know the principles, but I need the help of the Holy. I mean, the, the Bible's full of principles, but I need the help of the Holy Spirit to know how do I apply it in this particular situation? What do you want me to do right now? I don't need some special leading to obey the Bible, but what about when I'm ministering to someone else? I believe the Scriptures, but she don't believe nothing. <laughs> and, and, and suddenly I, I found myself saying to my sister, call the ambulance. And so she said, okay. So she, she would call the ambulance. Then I knelt down by my aunt, and uh, I said to her, I'm going to pray for you. Is that all right? You know, it seems kind of funny to ask that. You know, the Bible says, if any is sick among you, let him call for the elders. You know, some people, they didn't call. We just showed up. That's why they didn't get healed. So do you want, Jesus said to blind Barmaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Well, it's obvious the guy's blind. No, 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 no. I want to hear it from you. What do you want me to do for you? So I said, is it okay if I pray for you? And she, she said, yeah, pray for me. So I just prayed a simple prayer. It wasn't real elaborate. I didn't try to sound super duper hyper or, you know, super. Don't try to, don't try to be anointed. That's like the worst thing you can do. <laughs> it's like trying to lose weight. You either have lost it or you still got it. <laughs> and I'm not going to go there. And anyways, <laughs> anyway, so, so I just prayed a simple prayer. And I don't know why, but I, I just, this came to me and I just said, Lord, Take away all the pain. Help her. Just take away all the pain in Jesus' name. And when I got through praying, I mean, I opened my eyes. Here came the ambulance, and they, they threw in there, and they, and they took off. And then we had to spend the rest of the day in the hospital. And I'm second-guessing myself. I'm thinking, you know, why wasn't I more bold? I should have just, you know, just, you know, used my authority in Jesus' name, just, you know, picked her up, just said, you're healed, sister, by the stripes. Why didn't I do that? And we went in the room, and she's there, and she was kind of a hard and crusty person, I mean, to be honest with you. She's kind of, I mean, I don't think she ever went to church in her life, you know. But she said to me, John, I want to tell you something. When you prayed for me, all the pain left my body. All the pain left my body. Hallelujah. That's praying in his name. That's praying in his name. Jesus said this in John chapter 14, I think it's verse 12, you know, he that believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Wonderful, praise God. But go two verses before that. I think it's verse 10, he said, he said the words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own. The Father who dwells in me, he does the work. So if we're going to do the works he did, we're going to have to do them the way he did them. And he said, I don't do anything on my own. It's the Father in me who does the works. So I, I heard the testimony of one pastor in India. Interesting story. A, a, a young man died in his neighborhood, 
And uh, so he, he attended the funeral, and people are weeping and wailing, and they're real emotional in India. And um, so he was there, and this, it was a young man, the only son of a widowed woman, poor widowed woman. You know, and he, he remembered the story in the Bible. Jesus raised up a, a little boy, you know, in the city of Nain, the same situation, right? And so he, in his heart, he said, Lord, in the Bible, you know, you raised up a, a, a young boy in the same situation. Why don't you do that now? Why don't you do that now, Lord? And he said, the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, all right, you do it in my name. Excuse me. <laughs> you rebuke death in the name of Jesus, and you command him to live. You know, it's one thing to say, God, why don't you do something? It's a little bit different when he turns the table and says, okay, go ahead and do it in my name. And so he, uh, he kind of timidly walked over to the woman and said, uh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a man of God, you know, I, you know I'm a minister. And he said, um, would it be okay if I prayed for the departed soul? That sounds kind of nice and religious, you know. And so they said, oh, yeah, sure. And then he said, uh, would you mind if I had a few moments alone with the boy, his, his dead body? And they said, sure. So they, clo- they all left the little room and closed the doors. And he's standing there with the casket. He put his hand on that dead body and said, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke death, and I command you to live. And he said, for a second, nothing happened. And suddenly, the, the boy sneezed. <laughs> then he opened his eyes and sat up. And he picked him up out of the casket, and they came out of the room. And uh, you think there was a little disturbance before that happened? <laughs> Those people went berserk. <laughs> now, see, that's praying in the name of Jesus. That's acting as his official representative. That's doing what he told you to do. That's obedience. Whenever you hear the word faith, think obedience. Are you out there today? Hallelujah. We have the authority to use his name. But friend, let me just close by saying this. If you don't live in his name, you can't pray in his name. You can't live like the devil Monday through Saturday and show up on Sunday and say, hallelujah, praise the Lord in the name of Jesus. It don't work that way. Jesus did not represent the Father only Sunday morning and Wednesday night. The Holy Ghost doesn't have an on-off switch. Are you listening to me? It's got to be an everyday thing. It's got to be your lifestyle. You have to represent him in Walmart. You have to, while you're waiting in the long line, oh, I'm, preaching to my, I'm preaching to myself now. You have to represent him when your family members are, are a little uneasy, uh, un, uh, not difficult, difficult to get along with. You have to represent him everywhere you go. It's every day. Would you stand with me to your feet right now? Come on, I want us to lift up our voice, and I want us to thank the Father for the name, the authority in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. You're a little too quiet for me this morning. Lift up your voice and praise God for the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for that name. We thank you for the dominion, all power, all honor, all glory belongs to you, and it's in the name. And we thank you for the privilege of using that name. Whatever I ask the Father, representing him, standing in his place as his ambassador, doing his will, he will grant it to me. Thank you, Father. We are sent ones.
We have been sent by Jesus in his name.